You're listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, where it's all about helping you grow your Denver real estate portfolio. Here's your host, Chris Lopez. Hey everyone, Chris Lopez here, and welcome to another deal analysis in our current deal blitz of quarter one, 2020. So I got Joe Massey with Castle Cook sitting next to me for this one. And today we'll be talking about a family nomad at Townhouse in Littleton, Colorado. So this is a property that me and my team found. Joe and his team did the loan on. So we'll give you all the details on here. So again, we want your feedback. We want your questions. Let us know how you like this deal and how you like the format. So the investor profile on here, uh, they were a young family with two young toddlers, I think like, you know, two or three years old. So they had uh, young toddlers. And I don't know, a handful of years ago, before they were interested in real estate investing and nomading, all this stuff, you know, they, they bought a house. And they want to say back in like 2013, 2014. So fast forward to, you know, 2019, when we started talking, what happened? They've had some appreciation equity build in their house. So something that Joe and I always do with our clients is that, especially whether you're doing the nomading strategy or just buying traditional rental properties as a landlord, it's all a big chess game. It's not just about buying that one property and saying, hey, great, we got one property. No, it's about buying that first property, but then we were also wanna be thinking about how are we buying the next two, three, or four properties as we're uh, strategizing it. That way we can set ourselves up for success, not just buy a property today. Oh, but you know what? That inadvertently shoots ourselves in the foot for the next property or something like that. So it's a big chess game and all these properties, they're just moving, you know, a pawn or I don't know whether chess pieces are anymore. Yeah, the king or the knight or the rook yes, or whatever, so right? So it's just, you know, one piece in the grand scheme of things. So that's the way we look at this and we sit down and we talk with our clients. So... Uh, what they did here is they want to do some strategy. And one of the things they did is they looked at tapping into the equity in their current house. I know I talked about about them with it, then they talked with you about, I think, yep. Yep. quite I a spent, bit too. Spent a lot of time with them. Great family. You know, and we just reviewed the pros and cons of what happens if you take cash out of your existing home and then use that cash to buy a new property and reviewed it, you know, thought through it, talked about the pros and cons and ultimately made sense for them. And one of the interesting things that I often talk with people about and you do as well is that, hey, if you're in a, in a primary residence right now and, you know, today is, let's just say, you know, April 1st and I'm going to do a cash out refi. Well, I can do a primary cash out refi mm-hmm. or I can do an investment property cash out refi. That's right. But what's the difference between those two? So if it's a primary residence, you're going to get a little bit lower rate, a little bit lower closing costs, but you have to live in the property for a year. And people often get tripped up on this. If you are taking out a new primary residence loan, part of the deed of trust says that you are going to live in that property for a minimum of 12 months. So a lot of times people will take that cash out. Three months later, they're like, okay, Joe, I want to go buy a new house. Well, you can't. I can't give you a new loan because you haven't fulfilled the terms of the last loan. So in this case, we spent time with a client on that. They opted to take out their new loan as an investment property, slightly higher rate, slightly higher monthly payment, but they were being open and honest that, hey, we're going to be moving out of this property soon. So guess what? Now they're not stuck living there for another 12 months. Take the cash out. They immediately went out with you and started looking at new homes and found something and bought a new primary residence, I think, two months after doing the refinance. Yeah. I mean, and, and that was something that we all talked about. And this is why it's important to work with lenders and agents that know this game because a lot of people make that mistake and then you're stuck in the house for 12 months. Then they're stuck. They get or under, you're committing loan fraud, which we don't like. Yeah, or they get under contract in the new place and they think everything is going to be great and then all of a sudden, you know, Spaceship Mortgage or whomever turns down your loan <laughs> because uh, you haven't met the terms of your last loan. That that could be a problem. 
Um, and so the plan here was they took out cash out refi help with a down payment and also basically to help just keep a lot of money in the bank for reserves and basically have enough to help cover with down payments on properties in the next one or two properties after this one. So they just were planning ahead. They're like, hey, we can borrow money really cheap. We're going to sit on it and we're going to save it for the next couple of down payments. Because while they have some young toddlers, once they start getting to that, you know, I think, you know, kindergarten, first grade, they want to settle into a future house. So their plan is to nomad a few times while they can still move around with their kids before they get into an elementary school system because they want to stay in one place and, you know, take their kids to that school system. So they had a very tight geographical area in Littleton for the school reasons and also for family. Uh, you know, grandparents and everybody help with kids and all that great stuff. So their goal for this was to find a nomad property that was a three-bedroom or two-bathroom or greater with a low price point in that tight geographical area. Now, they're not house hacking. You know, they're a couple with kids. They don't want roommates in their house. So we found this deal on the MLS. No surprise there. So the investment property details, it was a, it's a N-unit townhouse. Actually, it's a three-bedroom, four-bathroom. Uh, wow. The list. That's that's a unique configuration. I'm impressed yeah. by that. Huh. Yeah, it's a really good layout too. Like that'd be nice for having four children because you know the kids could have their own bathroom, husband and wife could have their own, and then plus one for the guests. That's that's a unique layout. I like that. Yeah, it's a really good layout of this the whole property is. And so, I mean, this is part of what we did while they were doing the refi with Joe, because that takes a while to figure out and at least, what, about 30 days to close. It's so, like three weeks. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a timeline on there. We're out there looking at properties. We're doing our usual stuff. We're analyzing stuff on the MLS, and we go walk some properties. And, you know, we did that for, you know, a couple here, a couple here over a couple months, and then they got dialed into price point and location or a price point and layout, all that stuff. So uh, the list price was right around three twenty. The purchase price, I think we went over a thousand or two over uh, list price, we were around like three twenty two. So while we liked it, it was a very low HOA. It's an N unit. It was actually a property that Zillow had purchased and did a light renovation and turned around and did their flip. And the location, again, they have that tight geographical area. It works for the clients. And so this is another really important thing: is that hey, great, we can't just look for the best rental property, we have to look for that balancing act. Hey, what's a great rental property? And actually works for the clients while they're living in the property. Two very important pieces of the equation, and it just comes down to balancing act. So we found one, and we moved on it, and we uh, won a bidding war. So under contract, like I said, it was above ask, and this came down to some of our secret sauce writing contracts. We have a couple things that we do to help get properties under contract. We write very tight contracts and do a few clauses in there that helps us stand out to make sure the sellers realize, hey, you know what? You guys know what you're doing. You guys are not going to be nitpicky about things. Great. You're going to be probably a really high chance to close. And of course, part of that is oftentimes we work with Joe in our lending. And Joe, when we put a contract in, I mean, you're calling that agent within an hour or two. Yeah. I, I really love, love the term secret sauce. I hear people all the time, oh, I've written 10 offers. I can't get under contract. Oh, I've my buyers keep getting outbid. And, you know, what am I going to do? I'm like, boy, that that sounds painful. You know, I think with the things that we do, we don't really experience that. So I'm really proud of, of you, proud of myself, proud of our team. That's one of the things you get working with us is it's, you, you might get outbid once or twice, but it's not going to happen 10 times. No. Yeah. I, knock on wood. Never happened yet. I don't want to jinx us. So like I said, pros to the property, light renovation, new appliances, new paint, new carpet. It was moving ready. Uh, cons, there was really none, just some very, very minor stuff. So there was uh, really no major stuff to negotiate on the inspection items. So again, we are using our favorite loan product here for doing a Nomad. And again, they're moving from one house to another house. So 
Therefore, FHA is off the table, can't right? Do FHA. Yep. yep. They're not veterans, so they can't do a VA loan. Nope. So the next best thing is a 5% down conventional. Appraisal came in at value, no issues. We had no concessions. And then when they came in and sat down with you, Joe, after in our contract, review the details, they opted to prepay their PMI. Yep. And they also ended up buying their interest rate down. That's exactly right. Because they were, you know, pretty cash flush from that cash out refinance and they wanted to keep this as a long-term rental, they opted to pay a little bit more at the time of the closing to get rid of that mortgage insurance, buy down their interest rate, and know that when they move out of this property and rent it in a year, two years, it's going to cash flow really, really well because they put a little bit more money in upfront. All right. So jumping into Joe's 6.2 version of the spreadsheet, uh, we plugged in to primary residence, 5% down. We selected from the drop-down menu that it's upfront single-paid mortgage insurance. We plugged in the purchase price at three twenty-two and change. Acquisition costs were right around three thousand dollars. Loan costs were about fifteen forty. And then, since the spreadsheet auto calculates the upfront mortgage insurance, it estimates about forty-nine hundred dollars. And again, Joe, talk about how we calculate. The spreadsheet calculates upfront mortgage insurance and the monthly payments because it's an estimate. It is. It's an estimate. So mortgage insurance, it's kind of like getting car insurance, right? You got to call Geico or call Allstate and they're going to ask you all sorts of questions. What's the VIN number of your car? What's your driver's license number? How fast do you drive? Where do you drive? How many miles do you drive? There's all these variables to it, right? Now they can tell you on TV, hey, you're going to call us and you're going to save 15% or more. Okay, great. But then when you call up, they're going to go through all these details to determine what your exact uh, car insurance is. Mortgage insurance is the same. Same thing. We've got a pretty good ballpark here, kind of middle of the road. Once the client gets under contract, we're going to look at a lot of variables. How much money do they make? How much do they pay out in debt? What's their credit score? Where's the property? What type of property? Is it a condo, townhome, single family? What are all the details? And that's going to allow us to get dialed in and figure out exactly what is that upfront mortgage insurance or exactly what is that monthly mortgage insurance and exactly what is the interest rate that they qualify for. So a lot of variables that go into this that are really important. So all together, their down payment, 5% of 322 is about $16,000. And their total initial investment was right around $28,000. And they got a 3.75% interest rate over a 30-year fixed. Now, these rental numbers we're about to talk about, this is after they move out because they moved in this property quarter one of 2020. And since the primary residence, they have to live there for one year. Now, come that one year, one day mark, they'll probably be ready to move into property number three. So we looked at a couple comps and we found some uh, good comps just using uh, active rentals on Zillow and looking at some Zillow rent estimates. And for this layout and the end unit, it should be renting out for about $2,000 a month, which is very realistic for a good place in Littleton. So we plugged in 3% for vacancy, 3% for annual rent increase, 3% for annual appreciation, and plugged in our generic 25% effective tax bracket since we don't know our clients' tax brackets. So when they move out and they turn to rental, they do not plan on using a property manager. And again, they're just doing this because they want to save every dollar they can to maximize cash flow. So they have selected not to use property management. Now for our monthly reserves, we put in 5%. Now we did not use 8%. We put in 5% because this is a HOA property and HOA takes care of a lot of the exterior items. So we can therefore expect some lower maintenance. So the monthly HOA on here is only $181 a month. 
Don't see me HOAs like that, do you? This is a really good HOA. I reviewed the HOA documents personally like we do on all of our condos and townhomes. Very strong HOA. It's been well-managed for decades, which is why it's not $300 a month like we see on some other condos and townhomes. Great HOA here. So annual taxes, uh, about $1,700 a month. Property insurance, rest when they move out of landlord policy, be around $450 a year. And then, you know, HOA, taking care of water, sewer, trash. Tenant will take care of electric. Landscaping should be done with HOA. So really, as far as additional annual expenses, there should be none. We're just looking at uh, reserves, HOAs, taxes, and insurance, because tenants and HOAs will take care of the rest. Before you go to the next slide, you know what I'm noticing about this? Pretty basic, really vanilla. Regular property, three bed, four bath, 5% down. Rents are reasonable, $2,000 on a $322,000 home. Nothing crazy on HOA, nothing crazy on property management, not doing anything fancy with Airbnb, not doing anything fancy with you know, paying the utilities. I would describe this as really, really vanilla. And uh, one thing that's great about vanilla is it can be really, really good. Yep. The way I, the term I always use, because I grew up playing baseball, was it's a great base hit. Yep. Just take base hit, base hit, base hit, base hit, because guess what? You win in the long run. That's right. So really, I, I love these investors. If they're listening, great selection yes. here. Nothing fancy. Really just a bowl of vanilla ice cream and just look how good this is going to come out. So when you said that minute ago, I had something to say. I thought, I thought you were going to point out an error or a typo on the spreadsheet. So No, I wouldn't, I would, wouldn't do that in public. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to a screenshot now of the cash flow tab on Joe's spreadsheet. There's that second cash flow that puts the outputs on there. So the annual expenses for operating the house will be right around $5,500 a year. Taxes, insurance, reserves, HOA, that stuff. So that leaves us about a $17,700 a year in net operating income. Subtract out the annual, annual mortgage payments of $17,026. Their annual cash flow is $697. So we are positive. In reality, I would say that's about a break even. Yeah. It's, I would call it. Absolutely. It's not yep. crazy. You're not making $10,000 a year, but you know what? Remember, we said this is pretty vanilla, very basic, right? Very basic. We're not getting a huge cash flow return, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say all the other returns we're going to get are going to be pretty darn good. And so I want to talk about this number for a second because we we analyze this property. Say, hey, it'll probably be right around break even. And so this is one of the reasons they opted to do a prepayment mortgage insurance. That way they have better cash flow when they move out. And also why they're self-managing because if they hire a property manager, the spreadsheet will put them into negative number territories. So they wanted to keep it positive and aim for, you know, essentially a break even. I mean, mission accomplished. Yeah. And something to keep in mind, they're breaking even right now. What's going to happen in year two, three, five, 10? Which direction, direction do rents go? Rents go up. Yeah. Which direction does your mortgage go? It stays flat. Therefore, your cash flow is going to? Increase. Exactly. So this is a long-term move. Very smart. Like I said, vanilla. I love it. I would Give me 10 of these. So we're seeing a 2.5% cash on cash return. Uh, we're seeing about a five and a half cap rate, a 161 GRM. And so overall, really, really solid property. Looking at the return on investment quadrant. Now, again, these returns are for year one. And really when they move out in year two, they're going to be slightly different, but you will definitely get the gist of it. I mean, it'll be within a couple dollars as best as we can guess, but you'll get the estimate. So cash flow, about $700 a year, which is a 2.5% return on their money. Appreciation about $9,600 for the year or a 34% return on their money. Depreciation, hopefully around a $2,500 a year tax benefit. And then when they move out, their tenants are paying down their debts and they'll pay down, you know, $5,000 and change in their debt, which is building their equity. 
So overall, I mean, closing comments for me, just reader what we said is just, this is a great, great deal. Something where they do this another two or three times until they can't do it with their kids getting into school range. They're going to be very happy and they're going to have a really set themselves up for retirement going 15, 20 years down the road. Yeah. I mean, they're making $18,000 a year on their money on a $28,000 investment. That's a 65% return that first year after they move out. I don't get that in my 401k, do you? Nope. Yeah, this is just a great deal, right? Again, vanilla, very plain. You can make a lot of money with plain vanilla ice cream. I I love it. I think it's great. All right, everyone. So we'll wrap up this deal for this deal analysis splits. If you need help finding properties or analyzing properties, reach out to me and my team. You can help with lending, reach out to Joe Massey. You guys know where to find us. 